I'm going to do this. I'm going to run for the United States Senate. The time is now for fresh ideas and new leadership. I'm running for student council because of you and for you. That is why I stand before you today to announce my candidacy for president of the United Have you ever tried calling your member of Congress and struggled to get through? Debbie Matisse and Will Friedman can help. They're working to make it easier for you to tell your story with your elected officials. Debbie and Will came to the Arena Summit in Detroit last June. They were connected through friends in the Arena community and as a result, decided to merge their organizations and amplify their impact. Their organizations, Heard on the Hill and Stamps Licked, match you with people who live in Washington, D.C., who can make personal face-to-face contact with your elected officials on your behalf. I learned a ton from our conversation and think you will too. Debbie, Will, welcome to the Arena Talks podcast. Super excited to have you. We're very happy to be here. Thanks for having us, Lee. Uh, Debbie, let's start with you. What's, what's your story? How did you first uh, get started in politics and in activism? Oh, well, I've been doing this sort of as a hobby for 20 plus years, starting with the 1996 Clinton campaign where I was a volunteer and spent time on campaigns every two to four years as a break from my job or as a, a substantial volunteer. So um, last year was the uh, continuation of that, where I joined the Hillary campaign as a full-time volunteer in North Carolina doing voter protection, hoping to go back into the administration, uh, because I'd worked at the government uh, for about 10 years earlier in my career. And once the election outcome was uh, evident, I decided that I didn't want to go back and work for this government. So have uh, been looking for a way to be involved in the arena as an activist. So voter protection in North Carolina, that's super interesting. Do you have like a memorable story or, or experience from your, your time on the campaign trail there? You know, I, I would my, even though I was doing voter protection, uh, the best story that I had was uh, a woman that my friend and I visited the day before Election Day. Uh, she you know, we wanted to make sure she was going to get out and vote. And we found out that she um, has a, a significant handicap that prevents her from getting around easily. And she really needed a ride. And she'd requested a ride a couple of times. And my friend and I just looked at each other and said, we can't put her back in the system again. So we said that we would just come back in the morning and pick her up and take her to the polling location. And she was truly one of the most delightful people I met my entire time in North Carolina. And despite the outcome, it, it just gave me so much hope that people like her who were willing, despite significant pain to get, she was in severe pain and we took her to the polls, but she wanted to vote. And, um, I'll tell you, it was one of the most moving experiences I've had in all the campaign work that I've done, um, is sort of the perseverance of individuals to, to make their voices heard. And it's it, that sort of thing is a very, it's an inspiration to me and it keeps me going when, um, I seem to, to sort of hit a wall of being tired or, or, you know, tired or bored or whatever. It's, uh, it, it's really a, a wonderful experience. So a lot of crazy stuff went down in North Carolina, but, um, I like to draw from that personal story because, uh, she was really an inspiration. And then, so November Trump gets elected and, uh, you start building this new organization heard on the Hill. Uh, what, what inspired you to launch it and, and what is it all about? Well, I was I was not the instigator of this. Uh, it was started by a group of folks who had interest in trying to make their voices heard on Capitol Hill as D.C. residents without any voting representation at all. Being in the District of Columbia, we have a member of Congress, but that member of Congress doesn't vote 
um, on floor votes, they have a vote in committee and we have no senators at all. And so it was very frustrating for many people to get uh, requests from different advocacy groups to call your member of Congress to oppose nominees of the administration or to discuss legislation when you actually have no one to call. So we decided that we would use our proximity on in D.C. to go up to Capitol Hill in person on behalf of friends and family. It started out delivering messages and trying to set up phone calls and delivering petitions uh, for town halls and things like that. So if I live in Tennessee, I could call, I could get in touch with her on the Hill and they could go in person in D.C. and speak with my um, elected officials on my behalf. Is that, is that right? Yeah, that's right. And, uh, you know, we we really like to let the constituents speak for themselves. So uh, we have done a variety of things um, from delivery of simple letters, which we're trying to get away from, um, to larger petitions. But really important in the healthcare debate was the personal stories um, and providing photos of the people who were impacted and delivering those photos directly to the staff so that those photos, the hard copy images would be in the offices and in a timely way, too, because if those were mailed, it would take several weeks. And with the speed of, in particular, this healthcare debate, um, time was of the essence in getting messages delivered and electronic transmissions, while they're valuable, don't really get the same attention in offices that a piece of paper does that ends up on someone's desk that they actually have to look at. Uh, we also completed phone calls for people who were having a hard time getting through. So folks could fill out a form on our website and say they weren't able to get through to their member of Congress because the lines were down or the voicemails were full or for whatever reason, they couldn't just get through. So we would actually pull them up on our personal cell phones um, when we were standing outside the office and then walk into the offices and hand our personal cell phones to a staffer and say, this is a constituent that hasn't been able to get through doing, doing it the normal way. So why don't you talk to them right now? And on balance, that has worked pretty well. They've been surprised, of course, uh, by our by our methods, but uh, it's been effective and those constituents have been able to talk to someone and get their voices heard. And then uh, what about you, Will? So how did how did you first get your start in activism? Yeah, sure. So I've actually been in the software uh, business for for my career for more than 20 years now, but I was living in the UK uh, during the Bush era. Um, and at that time, I just, you know, with everything going on <laughs> in retrospect, you know, sometimes it. Uh, it puts things in perspective from what that era was like now under Trump. But I found myself increasingly upset um, about how our politics was going, what our reputation was like overseas. And I, I was looking for ways to get involved. And I, I, you know, I think partially people who are living overseas, you know, are also looking for that connection back to home. Um, so I became involved in the Young Democrats abroad. I became a leader there uh, and then continued to volunteer uh, when I moved back to the United States uh, in 2005 in some national and local races um, and uh, worked uh, locally here in Seattle on a paid sick leave initiative, um, which actually became a, a Seattle city ordinance um, and worked on the Obama effort on the digital side. But that was, you know, that's really all been, um, you know, on the side of, of my of my uh, main job. And then after the election, you know, like I think most people involved in the arena, I really felt like I needed to do something. Uh, but just like Debbie in D.C., you know, didn't really have representatives to talk to. Here in Seattle, our representatives are already 
on it. Like, I don't need to call Congresswoman Jayapal, who represents my district. She's out. She's way ahead. In fact, she was the person uh, who came to the arena in Detroit, the only congressperson who spoke uh, to the arena there. Um, and, it, you know, it doesn't need persuasion from me. And, and frankly, neither do my two uh, Democratic senators. So I was looking for a way that I could make a difference uh, in the Trump era. And uh, I collaborated with my friend and partner, uh, Jeremy, um, and we built Stamps Licked uh, really in the, the first few months after the election. Um, and, and we'll talk about that a little bit more. But, you know, that's a way for people who are all over the country to more easily reach their their uh, elected representatives. And that took me back to my roots a little bit because it's also a great tool for people who are living abroad uh, who might all, you know, also have more trouble than those of us in the United States. Uh, it helps them to contact their elected officials as well. So it kind of took me full circle in that sense. Got it. And so now uh, this new organization, uh, Stamps Licked, you're using your uh, your background in, in software engineering and uh, computer science to, to build this platform. Can you tell us a little bit about that? The service is about is really helping people uh, very easily get online and tell their stories um, to their elected representatives. When we first launched it, we were sending postcards through the mail on behalf of our uh, of our users and the voters who, who work with us. Um, but that's slow. And it's even slower, uh, you know, folks may not realize when they write a letter to DC, not only does it take a while to get there and be processed by the congressional staff, but there's an extra week that happens because going back to the anthrax scare, uh, you know, folks are, are worried about things coming through the mail. And so there's actually an extra week of screening to make sure that your correspondence isn't poisoned. Um, so, you know, as, as Debbie mentioned, you know, these days time can be, you know, so important. You need to react so quickly. Uh, that's part of why we were excited to hook up uh, and start working with Herd on the Hill to be able to deliver things in a very really timely manner um, in, in a way that's hand delivered, as, as, as Debbie was alluding to. So now when people go to the Stamp Select website, they fill out a form to identify who they're uh, senators are, and then we pass that information behind the scenes right to the Herd on the Hill folks, and that gets delivered directly to the offices of the senators in D.C. Yeah, so let's dive into that a little bit more. So, uh, you know, obviously we have the two of you together here on the Arena Talks, um, and that's because uh, your two organizations, Herd on the Hill and Sam Slick, are, uh, are joining forces. So, Will, you just started to mention how now when you go on the Sam Slick website, um, and you submit your letter, Heard on the Hill is actually delivering it uh, in person. That's really cool. Uh, let's talk a little bit more about that. So your two organizations are merging. What, is, what does that mean? Well, uh, this is Debbie. For me, it means that um, I can have a, an amazing interface for our users across the country um, to engage with us. We had we have a Facebook page as Heard on the Hill, and we've got a website, which is very basic um, and doesn't have a lot of functionality. And so we had been using a variety of um, not perfect methods to engage with constituents around the country um, and to build up our own infrastructure on that side would have been essentially cost prohibitive at this stage. So you know, Will and his partner, Jeremy, are um, experts in this area and can create the kind of great 
customer experience that we simply don't have the resources to do. And working with them is going to be is has been invaluable. And I can only see um, more benefits in the future as we expand the kinds of ways that people can engage with our organization to get views heard on Capitol Hill in person. You know, it's delivery of of the postcards, which was Stamp Select's original business model, but Heard on the Hill has done a lot of other things, petitions, uh, as I said before, phone calls. Uh, we're working on scheduling in-person visits. So if you are taking a vacation to Washington, D.C. and you want to visit your member of Congress, you can engage with Heard on the Hill if you'd like to get some talking points, if you'd like some help with the scheduling with the senator's office or the member, of the House member's office. A lot of people around the country don't realize how easy it is to do that in D.C., but it's not as easy as 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 people may think at the same time, because there are a number of steps and you have to, to contact people if you would like an appointment and all of that. So um, we're working on creating an interface that will allow people to have a menu of options to engage with their member of Congress in D.C. In terms of what this allows us to do together, you know, we've really set a pretty broad mission for the combined group now. And, and, and you know, as Debbie talks about, we're looking to really be able to bridge the gap between the intentions of people who are supportive of progressive causes and the realization of really making those progressive policies a reality by providing people with direct tools to influence the political outcomes. And so, you, you know, Debbie just spoke to a number of the uh, methods that we're looking at. And, you know, we've heard over and over again that the stories from individual constituents, you know, really, really influence what representatives and senators uh, think it, it can change minds and they love to kind of quote those things, you know, in their campaigns and uh, on the floor uh, of the House and Senate. And so we're looking to do more and more to help collect those stories uh, from people and then deliver them in various ways to those uh, officials. And you know, we're looking forward in the future to doing even more with local issues and even with sponsorships that might uh, push things in the progressive direction. But, you know, generally this partnership really just multiplies the effectiveness that we can bring for those users who come to our site or who contact uh, us in other ways uh, and really help them turn their intentions into reality uh, in terms of changing political outcomes. Let me see if I can summarize. You can let me know. Uh, let me know how I do here. So it sounds like the mission of this new organization is to connect people with their elected representatives in DC. So if I, so if I live in Tennessee, um, I can go onto your website um, and there are a menu of options of how I can um, communicate with or contact my elected representatives um, in a quick, easy, easy and efficient way. Is that, is that right? Did I get it? That's absolutely the first step, and that's you know what's uh, what's available even now. And then generally, the broader mission is is to use a variety of ways to push policy in a progressive direction, and, you know, including at a local level and through sponsorships. But what you articulated is absolutely you know our first step, and and what we're we're already doing, and what we certainly would encourage uh, people to do uh, now in terms of taking advantage of the services that we have. Right. And I just want to emphasize that what we're offering is an add on to what people can do on their own. We're not suggesting that they, you know, give up on the ways that they have been engaging with their members of Congress in the past, such as making phone calls 
and on their own and visiting district offices to have meetings where they live. Um, the difference here is that if you can't get through, we can help. Um, we can also try to get you in touch with the folks in D.C., the staffers in particular, who work most directly on the policy issues that matter. A lot of times district offices, while they have you know very smart and competent people, tend not to have the folks who are working on the policy issues. Um, those folks tend to be in D.C., uh, so when you're in a district office, I've heard from a number of constituents with whom we've engaged that over time, they find that the, the staffers need to run things back to D.C. to get answers for them. And what we're providing here is the ability to try to more directly engage with the policy staffers in D.C. Um, I've heard a, a criticism from a, from a few folks that, you know, when we automate communication a little bit between uh, people between constituents and their elected representatives, it makes it a little bit less personal. Um, for your organization, how do you how do you speak to that? Well, I think you know one key answer there is what we alluded to with the the story. I think if you if you do try to truly automate things, uh, that is a waste of time. And certainly, we you know we know that if uh, members receive something that's clearly a form letter. Uh, they discard it. On the other hand, uh, you know what this is. This service is actually bringing, I would say, more of a personal touch in a couple ways. One is we're encouraging people to tell their own stories, their own personal stories, and to upload their own photos of issues that have affected them. Uh, it is easy for users to, for voters to do that, and you know, we certainly don't want to take away, as Debbie said, from other things that they may be doing. We still encourage them to go themselves to their own office in, in their own district to make the calls. Uh, and this is a complimentary piece of that, but it's actually more personal when, you know, our folks, our volunteers are going to the uh, Senate offices at, on the Hill, having the conversations on these constituents behalf, but really passing on their own stories, their own unique stories and the ways that these folks are being affected directly. Uh, so, you know, this is not a service that takes the passion out of politics or the involvement out of politics. Uh, this is a service that, you know, really brings personal stories directly to the, those DC offices, which, as Debbie mentioned, can sometimes be even more effective, uh, but it's not a substitute for other things. And, and, you know, we work, we really admire what Indivisible is doing. Uh, we work closely with, you know, a number of other organizations. Um, but this is, a, you know, overall, this is a way to bring those personal stories directly to those officials who need to hear them. And I'll just say that in D.C., the, the folks that we have volunteering are extraordinarily passionate. So when they are visiting the offices, whether it be to connect a phone call or make a delivery of a personal story, oftentimes they have similar issues going on in their own lives. And so when they're talking about the constituent that they're representing, they really feel it because they're also at risk of losing their health care or having an environmental issue affect them or whatever the issue is. And they just feel as strongly as the constituent does. And actually, it seems like, you know, with the feedback that we we have a feedback loop where the volunteer um, can get back in touch with the person sometimes who has um, requested the delivery or the phone call, that personal connection actually enhances the, the power of the activism and people's motivation to continue with activism because they feel like they have an ally in D.C. They're not 
DC doesn't seem so remote because they're actually engaged with a real human being in DC who cares about their issues and can serve as a resource the next time around. So we have stayed in touch with a lot of folks who've engaged with us and we continue our relationships with them. And those relationships, I think, really fuel um, the energy on both sides of the equation, both the, the motivation of the volunteers here in DC to keep heading up to the hill every week and the folks who are in the rest of the country to you know engage with our organization um, in a continual basis, but to continue their own advocacy in other forms, just because they know that others are in it with them and are willing to help them in a very personal way. Uh, Will, earlier you mentioned uh, coming to the Arena Detroit and hearing from uh, your Congresswoman, uh, Representative Jayapal. Uh, what role did the Arena play in bringing you and uh, Debbie together? Well, it really was the whole the reason that we came together, um, and I can't stress enough how important that has been uh, to me and I think to both of us. Um, you know, uh, one challenge uh, that I think we had initially with Stamp Slick is, you know, my experience is mostly in the tech world and getting out there and, and being able to um, make the right connections in the political world when we really wanted to make a difference, again, out here kind of in our blue state island, uh, was a challenge. And uh, so one thing that uh, I was doing as I was kind of getting started and trying to get the word out about this is calling folks that I knew to, um, who I had worked with in the process of volunteering in the past. Uh, and I, you know, I probably reached out to, to hundreds of like-minded folks uh, and was getting some limited responses at first. Um, but a you know, notable exception was a guy called Michael Slaby that folks in the, in the arena uh, may know. And he, you know, he and I had, uh, had talked during the Obama campaign uh, period. They hadn't really talked in, in many years, but he was kind enough to spend 30 minutes with me on the phone, give me all kinds of advice, and introduce me to the arena. Um, and suggested I come. I, I certainly took him up on that. And then um, when I was at the arena, Debbie and I did actually not ever meet in person, but people kept saying to me, you've got to talk to this organization. Heard on the Hill, it'd be a great fit. Um, and I kept hearing about it. And so afterwards, uh, we followed up and made the connection uh, thanks to those introductions. And that really sparked uh, you know, everything um, that... Uh, has has you know transpired since then. So you know, in, in terms of of making connections, uh, the arena absolutely fulfilled its goal there, uh, and I think is leading to you know everything that we're doing now. You start, Will. You started to talk about some of the challenges that you've you've faced. I'd love to hear from both of you, uh, Will and Debbie. What in either you know launching and building Hurt on the Hill and Stamp Slicked, or this new organization that you're that you're launching together. Um, what are some of the greatest, or what's the greatest challenge um, that you have faced? So, you know, on my side, as I mentioned before, the biggest problem was technology. You know, we in D.C., and I personally have had a lot of experience in the policy world. I've been in D.C. for 20 years. I've got a good network here. Reaching out and building a volunteer base was, you know, good hard work, but not something that was impossible to do. Um, but I was really faced with a daunting task on the technology side. And so the arena just solved that problem for me because when I 
you know, met, quote unquote, met Will over the phone um, and realized his capacity and his motivation and his strategic vision. Um, I could, I just saw immediately how, how perfect a fit it was for us to be able to combine forces um, and truly, you know, multiply our efforts. So that was the biggest problem that was stressing me out the most. And I have a feeling that a lot of organizations are similar because, you know, they have one skill set um, and a set of experience, but if you don't have the other, it can be very expensive to purchase it. And I actually looked into making purchases of, uh, you know, a website, a fully functional website that would work, and it was just cost prohibitive um, at this stage. Uh, so that was a huge challenge, and uh, you know, I feel a lot better. It's not that there aren't challenges going forward; there certainly are plenty of them. Uh, but that was the biggest one up to date. Yeah. What about you, Will? Yeah, you know, I. I would say the biggest challenge for us getting started was getting the word out about the service um, and then just getting the feedback that we needed from the folks in the political arena. And the fact that uh, Michael Slaby took that time with me, you know, made this intro was transformative. And I'd say generally, um, you know, I would encourage all of our fellow arena members and people involved in this movement we're all super busy. You know, a lot of us are, are balancing this along with, uh, with day jobs. Um, but the, when somebody takes the time to just, you know, listen to what you need and, and hear, um, how, uh, what your challenges are and, and just even sometimes make the introductions, just taking the time to respond to that email, even when our inboxes are full, um, can make, can make a huge difference. So, um, I think, you know, the arena there also helped me overcome that challenge in terms of getting the word out, getting the feedback. And then that led to, you know, changes that we made in the service as we hooked up with Heard on the Hill and Debbie, uh, as we talked to um, congressional staffers, uh, you know, the, our service has evolved. It's, you know, it's become what it is today that we've been talking about. And it's changed to this focus on the stories um, and, uh, you know, the real outreach directly to uh, the elected members and all of that, you know, wouldn't have happened if it were if it wasn't for folks just taking the time to turn around and spend even a little bit of time on on feedback and and responding. Um, so, you know, I just I emphasize, you know, again how important it is just to take the time to respond to those emails that come in, give the feedback quickly, uh, and I think that'll help us multiply the power of our movement. I was just thinking, you know, as far as our, our challenges going forward, um, you know, there's a lot of new ideas and new activism. And, you know, I have found through Heard on the Hill, and I think Will has probably found through his user base, that once people find you and realize that they have a good experience working with you, uh, they stay with you and continue to do so. It's uh, been a challenge, though, and we're working on ways to resolve this, but a challenge to connect with communities, small communities in important areas uh, to get them engaged and to know that about the service that we're offering. Uh, We don't have a huge advertising budget, so a lot of it is word of mouth, but there are so many demands put on activist groups to do so many things uh, that that has been a challenge and one that we are going to continue to face. Um, It's a sort of a good problem to have that there are so many progressive organizations trying to do so many good things. I'm hardly complaining about that, but it is a challenge that we have to continue to work through. Well, hopefully we can, uh, hopefully we can help you with with that a bit here. So our listeners, where can they go um, to learn more and get involved? 
So right now, uh, we are still two separate organizations, but as we've discussed, we are working on a merger and uh, working on a new name. So at some point, we will have a, a unified website where folks can visit for one-stop shopping. But for now, uh, you would go either to the stampslicked.org website or to the Herd on the Hill website. And both of those places, you can engage. The Herd on the Hill website does link directly to Stamps Licked if you select the option to generate a letter, um, personalized letter to send to your member of Congress. Um, but there are other options on the Herd on the Hill website where you can engage in a petition or you can engage um, for a phone call or a visit to D.C. So um, those are places to go if you are in the country and want to get involved. If you're here in D.C., there's a volunteer button on the Herd on the Hill page, and it's pretty uh, straightforward from there. Well, Debbie, Will, uh, thanks so much for joining us on the Arena Talks. I really learned a ton from from hearing from both of you, your stories, uh, your organizations. And I'm really excited to hear about uh, about where you're headed. Thanks, Lee. We're very grateful for the opportunity to talk to everyone and, and hope that we can continue to collaborate with more folks from the arena and beyond. Yeah, thank you so much, Lee, for the opportunity. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, uh, thank you both. And uh, we'll talk soon.